listener production. Hi there, Sasha Barbagat with you. Thanks for joining us on today's extra episode of The Briefing. Have a think back over the last 12 months. How much have you spent on clothes? And how much have you thrown out? Well, the average Aussie is binning 10 kilos of clothing every single year. It is a lot, and there are concerns that number will get a lot higher as fast fashion drives down prices, but the negative effects on the environment increase. We've heard all about the war on waste, but what's being done specifically when it comes to clothing waste in Australia? And is there hope things could change for the better? Listener journalist Lauren Howarth has been looking into this one. Thanks for coming on, Lauren. Look, I try to be really conscious of my own fashion waste. I try to buy things as I need them, but I too am guilty of thinking every new event is an excuse to buy something Mm. for that event. How many items of clothing is the average Aussie buying every year? So the average Aussie buys around 15 kilos of clothing every year, which is roughly around 56 new items and an average cost of $6.50 per garment. So yeah, the fast fashion is really crazy at the moment. Mm. And most of it does end up in landfill. As you mentioned, Sasha, uh, the average Australian dumps 10 kilos of clothing into landfill every year. And the experts say that number could actually even be higher. Mm. And Australia is actually the second highest consumer of textiles per person in the world, only behind the US, which is just crazy. Yeah. And according to the Australian Fashion Council, they put out this report and they found that around one and a half billion items of clothing are arriving in Australia every year. That Mm. is just insane. Like we don't have that many people to be needing that many clothes. No. And I spoke to Danielle Kent. So she's the project director for this scheme called Seamless and they want to kind of transform the way that we approach fashion. And she told me that that number as well could even be higher. That doesn't track, you know, Shein and Timu. That's just what we know through import data. So you can only imagine that that is a way bigger figure if we were bringing in all of the kind of products that are coming in through flight packages and not coming through import data. Yeah, and as you were talking about before at the start, Sash, you know, a lot of times people think with every new event, we might need to buy a new shirt or a new Mm -hmm. complete whole new outfit. And often it is cheaper to buy this fast fashion. And if something of ours that breaks, it's cheaper to just go and buy something else again from the shops instead of fixing it. So there really is this problem that we've got here at the moment. Yeah, well, particularly with the cost of living crisis, Mm. I know for one, I'd love to buy X brand or whatever, but I can get three times as much from you know, Target or Kmart or something like that. I'm buying more for the same amount and I go, oh, that's a good deal. So it's really easy. But the other problem is obviously the environmental impacts, which I discussed briefly at the top. Yeah. What are we seeing there? Globally, the fashion industry is actually one of the highest polluting industries. So it produces up to 10% of annual global carbon emissions. And when you look at what our clothes are made of, nearly two thirds of them are made from synthetics like polyester, nylon and acrylic. And they can take hundreds of years to break down. And these materials also release these things called microplastics. So they're so tiny that we can't even see them. Mm. And they go into our soil, air and waterways. And and our bodies as well. Literally everywhere. It's quite scary when you think about it. And there was this report by the UK government back in 2019, and they found that textile production contributes more to climate change than international aviation and shipping combined. We've looked at how many clothes we buy, which is a lot, as Mm. we've discussed, and a bit on how the fashion industry is affecting the environment. The next question then is op shops. I've definitely noticed a bit of a resurgence Mm. in thrifting. How are they helping the problem? 
Yeah, so I caught up with Edwina Morgan. So she's from the Salvation Army. She's their general manager of customer and strategy. And she told me that op shops are really an extremely important player here in this war on fashion ways that we've got going at the moment. And she told me they're kind of working on these all these different range of initiatives. They're partnering up with universities, governments, and other industries to tackle the problem. They also work with big brands as well. So when you walk into an op shop, you might notice a bunch of brand new clothes with tags on them. And I asked Edwina kind of how all that works organisations will donate end of range lines. So things that have, you know, kind of gone through the season and haven't sold. So they'll actually donate them to us and we'll sell them through our stores. We also do customer facing initiatives with retailers. So currently through selected my stores, we have donation points to drive more convenience um, for people to actually get their items into reuse. We partner with the Iconic with a program called um, Giving Made Easy. You can actually download a shipping label and, and donate up to 20 kilos through Australia Post. Yeah, it feels like a a progression from dumping all your clothes Mm. at a charity bin, which is obviously great for people who do it properly because there's all sorts of problems with that. But this is kind of an evolution of that. Mm. What about the demand for sustainable fashion? I noticed with some brands that I shop with, they've started including things like organically grown or Australian made linen and things like that. What are op shops noticing there with the demand for sustainable fashion? Yeah, well, definitely I think that op shops have kind of become cool again. I remember back in the day, it wasn't really like a cool thing Mm -mm. to do, but you see all over social media now, people like bragging about these things that they're finding in op shops. And and that's what Edwina has noticed as well. She says there's a whole range of different people now coming into their stores. We definitely have seen a increase in younger generations wanting to shop secondhand and sustainably. They're great ambassadors um, for that. They're very proud of shoppers, but we've also seen a change across all generations. So our customer base is really diversified, as I said. Um, so we have, you know, kind of young op shoppers and, and then we've also seen that kind of increase in boomers and Generation X in, in terms of really wanting to drive sustainable options. What's the ultimate goal here? What are we working towards in the long run? Yeah, so just earlier this year, actually, the industry's peak body called the Australian Fashion Council, they announced this scheme called Seamless and they basically want to change the way that clothing's made, used, reused and also recycled around the country to essentially create circularity within our country's fashion industry. What does that mean? So basically at the moment, fashion operates under this linear model. So essentially it's designed to maximise the production and consumption of clothing. But with circularity, the aim of it is actually to design out waste. So basically make these new materials out of these old materials. So instead of throwing away a t-shirt, for example, you might want to cut it up and make a little hair tie or something like that. So just reusing everything rather than throwing it out. Basically, it wants us as consumers to really change the way that we view fashion. And here's Danielle from Seamless talking about that. I almost compare it to any other almost epidemic that we're looking at where we need to take a totalitarian approach. So it's not going to be one thing that's going to fix this. It's so infiltrated into our whole lives now, just the rate at which we purchase. So we have to reset our entire minds around, you know, our connection back to clothes and just appreciating and valuing the resource that that clothes are. They're not something that should just be purchased and used once and disposed. And that's where we're heading. So it's big. I couldn't agree more. And Mm -hmm. I said it at the top, it's definitely something I'm trying to be really conscious of at the moment. Yeah. Not only so I don't have to spend as much money, but also... You know, how many black blazers do I need? Literally. One one. good one. (laughs) The one I have has lasted me for four years and it's still going strong. Tell us more about the goal to tackle fashion waste and how we're working towards them. Are we kind of getting there? 
Yeah. So just going back to Seamless. So the big goal there obviously is to create this circular clothing economy. That's the main goal. And they want to achieve that here in Australia by 2030 and in New Zealand by 2050. So it's focused on these four ideas, one being designing for circularity, circular business models, closing the material loop and also changing our buying and fashion habits. And many Aussie designers, especially those in the middle to high end range, especially they've already adopted the circular business models. But with Seamless, they've kind of getting the more bigger brands on board like Big W, David Jones and the iconic to name a few, they've already signed up. And it's a voluntary sign up. And by signing up, it means that there's a 4% levy on every new product made or imported into Australia with all that money going towards these initiatives like sustainable fashion, the research sale of used items as well as textile recycling. Yeah. And just going back to that goal of having a circular Mm. clothing economy by 2030, that's not really that far away. (laughs) It's not. Is it possible? Well, considering, yeah, they announced Seamless only this year and yeah, well, I mean, we're at the end of 2023 now. It only gives us around six years. And I guess maybe we are glass half empty kind of people, Sash, because <laughs> I asked Danielle from Seamless about it and she's a lot more positive about them reaching that goal. What we have set out in the reports we've done is that pathway to 2030. So thinking about where we want to get to at 2030. So what does 2025 look like? What does 2027 look like? And really setting those sort of milestones along the way. And I don't know any other industries in Australia that are as action-focused as the fashion and clothing industry is right now. And before we let you go, Lauren, any tips for fashion addicts who maybe are listening to this and going, you know what, I think it's time I made some changes. What can they do to kind of reduce their fashion waste? Yeah, I mean, of course, it might seem a bit overwhelming at first going from buying new clothes for every event to then not trying to do that. But Mm. it doesn't have to be as difficult as it might sound. You know, you don't have to swear off buying new clothes forever. Edwina from the Salvation Army said just to take it a bit easy and try your best because that's all we can ask for. Don't overthink it. Just make one small change or do one small thing differently because I think if we all did something or one small thing differently, then collectively that would have a huge impact. Yeah, it's the argument of making a change in your life and the flow-on effects and notice down the track. It might not be initially a thing that you go oh yeah, I've saved the world from fashion waste, but you are contributing by just making that one small change. Lauren, thanks for bringing us that story. Thanks for having me on, Sasha. That was listener journalist Lauren Howarth there. Thanks for listening to today's extra episode of The Briefing. That's all we have time for. The team will be back in your feed tomorrow morning at 6.00.